Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another week of spiritual shit. I'm your host, Alia Lovely, and welcome to autumn. It's finally here if you're a fall person like myself. Uh, The only issue with the season is that my allergies are out of control. So I can't tell if you can tell that I'm super stuffy and that every time I deep breathe, uh, I start to go into a sneeze attack. So yay allergies. Besides that though, um, it's, it's a nice time to lean back We've had the kind of full charge energy of summer, and now it's going to get into more of that latte season, as I like to call it. Um, But there's change happening here in the seasons and in my life and your life, and there's transition. And so while we're in the transition, it can be very uncomfortable. Maybe just me, but (laughs) um, I also sense that within our community and within um, you know, the seasons, but also within the energy and things that have been changing. So it's been really interesting for me to kind of observe how I'm changing internally and how what I want to offer the world versus what I need to receive has been changing. And, um, you know, more of the message that I'm trying to give or put content I'm trying to put out, whatever. So that's all happening. And I'm really kind of pumped about where it's going because it just fell in general, we spend a lot of time on this show asking a lot of questions about what's happening in our external or spiritual world. And I think that, you know, I think I'm rounding out to a place where I'm starting to want, not necessarily ask the questions, but lean into a knowing about who I am on the inside. And so we're going to talk about that in uh, some future episodes. And I'm going to actually ask for audience input on some of those things on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, make sure that you're following the right account, the lovely Alia spelled correctly, (laughs) and that you're not running into scammers during that time. Um, But besides that, I'm really excited about how we're going to collaborate as a community and start to work together more about finding ourselves and our power, our magic, and leaning into spirituality in a very different way. So that's to come. Um, but besides that, I have a few announcements. First of all, I got to see a very dear friend that I haven't seen since we were in Bali pre-pandemic. Uh, Sarah Silverstein came through Kansas City today, and we got to have the best time catching up. So I'm just wanting to give her a little bit of a shout out because she also has an incredible business called Inner Light Aura, and she's been on the show before. So I can't remember what the number of the episode is, but check that out if you haven't already. 
and uh, she came over and photographed my family and it was really beautiful and I'm posting it on Instagram so you can see, but it was really neat to see the the spirit guides that were in the background and the type and the color of the energies that we have and how similar me, David, and Veda are uh, in energy. It was just such a treat to look at that and so I'm a, as a photographer, you know, it's like super interesting to see anyway. Um, but anyway, uh, give her a follow if you, um, are interested in seeing those. Uh, it's a, it's such a cool service and I think it's such a cool thing that she does. That's also really fun and light, but also, you know, deep and helps you discover more about yourself. I love that kind of business. So we're all about promoting that here. And then, um, I wanted to talk to you about our guest today, Candice Craw Goldman, who is a quantum healer and I would say like past life regressionist almost, but she does this hip hypno work, if you will, uh, to help people discover more about themselves and do deep healing. And it's, it is, it, I, I got to have a session with her myself, which I feel really honored and happy to have done. The reason why I'm having a hard time with my words is one, I'm really stuffy, but two, it was so powerful. It was so powerful, um, that I have a hard time coming up with the words to describe it. And, um, if you are familiar with Dolores Cannon, uh, Candace sat at her right hand for about six plus years and learned from her, was regressed by her, um, you know, just around her and the many teachings that, that she had over some time. And so it was really neat, obviously, to have some connection to Dolores Cannon, somebody that I've been listening to for some time, but also to see her, her bloom on her own and what it is that she is bringing to the world. And I can't wait for you to hear what we're going to talk a very candid conversation that we had about all things spiritual, really. (laughs) Um, my session was, so deep. I mean, I, we went to other planets and saw other things and people and parallel lives and past lives. And I went into a lot of healing and post my session as well. I've had so much transition, so much change. Um, there's been just, I, I I can't even, I can't even describe how I'm still processing that session and how much change is occurring within me within the podcast, within my body, within, um, starting to, 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 it went so deep. It went into things that I didn't even realize I was still suppressing. So it may take me, uh, you know, another couple of months before I really fully have the words to say and express what type of quantum healing she does. But I, all I know is I feel very, very blessed to have received any of it. <laughs> so anyway, Uh, I'm not going to babble here anymore, but I just want you to know that we had an insane conversation. We talk about background people and the shift and timeline jumping and the Mandela effect. And then we go even deeper in the after show. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Alia. I also have a lot of bonus episodes up there. Um, I'm kind of posting new ones every week. Um, it's just, there's an outpouring of content that I'm getting ready to like really put out because there's about to be a big shift and change happening, even in the content that I'm presenting. So anyway, all this talk around what's happening, they can't actually tell you yet. So (laughs) instead go ahead and check out this episode. It's a nice chunky long one, and then go check out our conversation after on Patreon. Let's get into it right now.
Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aliyah Lovely. And today we have Candice Craw Goldman, who is a quantum healer, a fantastic intuitive, and connected to the late, great Dolores Cannon, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be like, mm, oh my God. So how you doing? Say hey to everybody. Wow. Yeah. So hi. It is so lovely to meet you. Can you, can you please tell me how you like your name pronounced? Everyone says Aaliyah. It's actually Alia. Alia. Yeah. That's that's a lovely name. Uh, lovely to meet you. Lovely Alia. <laughs> so tell everybody kind of like your story, because like when I found you, I found you because I was Googling some stuff about Dolores Cannon and some of her teachings. You had worked so closely with her, but also started to branch off and develop your own voice, your own quantum healing practice and abilities and things like that, which is really cool. Your origin story uh, that I, I listened to about, and I'll let you tell that, but like, it was so gripping to me about how spirit worked with you, despite your skepticism <laughs> and despite your going like, I'm going to see if this works, even if I don't do all the things that, you know, will position me into manifesting this particular type of experience. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Well, Gosh, you know, I have the long versions, the short versions. So you cut me off anytime. Okay. If I long <laughs> Medium version. version sounds good. Medium <laughs> version. Okay. Well, I, I did read your bio and, you know, a lot of us who do this work have some similar backgrounds as far as experiencing things, particularly when we're young and then learning how to not talk about those things very much <laughs> amidst uh, family and friends and teachers and such. And I was, a, I was a lot like that. So I was always open to the paranormal. I had many mystical and unexplained experiences, very sporadic. It still happens that way. It's not an everyday thing. They're very sporadic, some really huge giant things. Other times, um, you know, there's lulls. But what what I found, and I just finished with a client earlier and, and our similarities were just astounding, but she and I we're talking about this thing about just having this very phys uh, sensitive physical form. And I still have that. Um, I'm going to be 60. What is it? I'm going to be 62 in a couple days. Happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, you know, for most of my life, I just kind of wondered what was wrong with me because I, I didn't seem to react to things in the same way. I seem to be overly sensitive and with a number of different things, wildly sensitive. And I always had something quote unquote wrong with me, uh, or it seemed to be in comparison to other people, you know? And I had been dealing with for quite a long time, uh, chronic pain conditions, nothing that was uh, terminal, nothing that had a real diagnosis other than maybe fibromyalgia kind of thing. But I was struggling. It was challenging. I had various symptoms and mostly chronic pain. And I had a dark night of the soul. I was working as a professional photographer down in the Austin, Texas area. You're also a photographer. Yep. Uh, artist and a photographer is I still am. I, I just finished buying some new um, paints and some. Yeah. I'm we'll talk about that after. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, I'm not I'm very, very much still a part of who I am. And anyway, I was getting ready to do a really huge photo shoot for me. It was a third album cover for a, a client of mine that was a country and Western singer down there. And it was months in the making, months. 
with all of the equipment and the setup and the staff and the, the you know, all of that. And the day came to do the shoot and I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. I couldn't get out of bed because of pain. And I was just floored with um, feeling defeated by my own body. And I picked up the phone and I called my friend and I just said, I'm so sorry. You know, I can't even get out of bed, let alone hold a camera, let alone do an all-day photo shoot. Uh, we're just going to have to reschedule and do something else. And of course, that turned out perfectly, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, as these things work. But <laughs> at, but that day, I felt, um, I just was like, what, right? Just why? Why do I have to keep doing this? It would come out of the blue. I'd already explored a little bit with energy healing with Reiki, about 10 years, even eight to 10 years prior to this moment, I'd, I'd done a little bit of looking at quantum touch and some different kinds of energy healing. And I was very grateful to find those modalities because I, I learned how to soften my own reaction. I felt like I had some sort of control, but it wasn't enough. It, it didn't solve my problems. It didn't go to the root cause. It didn't help me to understand what was going on and why I was the way I was. And I found myself that day I just laid in bed all day and I, I just, I'm stubborn <laughs> at times. And I just thought I'm going to, I'm going to do something I've never tried before. I'm going to try a marathon prayer, but I really did. I just, I, I like prayed for hours. I also decided to sort of change my prayer. My prayer went something um, from its former state of uh, my God, somebody help me. <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, which, you know, which is a much different thing than what I decided to do that day, which was, I don't know what to do. I need to do something differently. It was, it was less of a plea for help than a, I've tried everything on the planet, uh, uh, including drugs that I would react badly to and all of that. And I just, uh, so I kind of changed my focus and I really did like this marathon prayer and I prayed myself into a stupor basically. And I had a, uh, out of body experience an absolute mm -hmm. laying in bed, praying. Next thing I know, I'm in a complete different reality. The reality looked like, uh, we lived on a little, uh, bit of property there North of Austin and I had horses and um it, and we had a beautiful creek and i was down by the creek in in one of the lower pastures uh but it didn't look like the same place uh every grass looked like it had a, a, a its own spotlight on it everything was glowing everything was but it was it was you know the lower pasture that i was standing in with the most magnificent tree that we had down there and I'm just standing there kind of going, okay, what's going on now? I was very aware. I was very, I, I knew I wasn't dreaming. I knew all of that. And I knew it was, something was getting ready to happen. And in front of me appeared five light beings. They were sort of humanoid shaped. Uh, I didn't see anything like wings. I didn't see anything like faces. They were just beings of light that stood in front of me, sort of in a half circle. Actually, it sort of seemed like they were sitting. Mm -hmm. And then the one in the middle sort of seemed to, to stand up. And remember, my prayer was, what am I supposed to do, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> and so 
I just kept repeating that until I found myself in this place. And the the being that was standing up from the from the center of this group of five literally stood up and handed me a sheet of paper, just a sheet of copy paper, as far as I know. And on there, like written with a big Sharpie, was actually a list. And the list was numbered and it was one, two, and three. And I'm happy to tell you what was all on the list. And that gets a little longer of the aversion story. But (laughs) but number three on the list was um, go have a past life regression. And the next day I I started going down this list and that next day, first of all, I didn't have any pain. I went from like giant amounts of, I can't get out of bed pain to, okay, well, I'm fine today, uh, which was just all kinds of weird. Uh, But that next day was absolutely magical. I, I went down the list exactly the way it was presented to me with three very disparate things. One was to call my doctor and tell him I was tired. I wasn't tired. The second one was to volunteer for uh, an organization called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, which is an infant bereavement photography service mm-hmm. that professionals provide for families who um, experience stillbirths in right. hospitals. And uh, I've heard known, yeah, and I'd known about that organization, but I I didn't know that I could participate in anything like that but I had my own troubled pregnancies of course Mm. so I had some history there Uh, but number three was have a past life regression and that whole next day that whole next day to this to this day is the most magical day I've ever had in my life because everything rolled out like a red carpet in front of me in all of those areas, all of those areas. Um, my doctor could see me immediately. I got in. Um, I I looked up, now I lay me down to sleep. I, I, I sent off a application with the last thing saying, you know, we're going to take six to eight weeks to get back to you. Uh, I immediately got into the doctor. The doctor immediately said, we need to check your B12 level, which ended up being part of why I was in this, uh, so much problem so much pain. The second one, by the time I sat back down to the computer to look up past life regression, the now I lay me down to sleep people, like I'd already responded and said, don't tell anyone that we did this, but you're in, here's the person you contact. So I was in with that immediately. And I'm already starting like to see uh, my, my morning is going like, oh my gosh, everything was handed to me, like Mm. on like a red carpet, a silver platter, absolutely everything. So I'd finished with the first two things and I was coming back from the doctor appointment and I popped out of my truck to get my mail. And in there was uh, an unexpected package and it was uh, a book. And the book was a book by Dolores Cannon sent to me out of the blue uh, by somebody that I just knew on a Yahoo chat group uh, (laughs) long ago. She said, I thought you might like to learn about Dolores and I hear she teaches past life regression workshops in Arkansas. And I'm, you know, I'm reading this card and I'm looking at this book and the whole day just keeps going like this. And I, I drive the rest of the way back to the house. And it gets even more spectacular at this point because I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, I'm going to find out about these past life regression workshops and I pick up the phone and I call about them and I find out what date they are. And this was probably in April that this was all happening in the year of 2008. The 
first class that she had coming up was July of that year. I was a mom, busy artist, photographer. My oldest child is getting ready to graduate from high school. My elderly mother was living with me at the time. I was very busy driving at people everywhere, you know, uh -huh. son to baseball, daughter to band. She was graduating. There was all this stuff. I had all these appointments. My mother had all these doctor's appointments. She had her knee replay. You know, it was, yeah. I was, I was the driver and we were very, very busy. And I'm, I remember looking at that date, you know, it was over a weekend in July and I'm like, I need to go to that. And I called my daughter into my office. I said, Lauren, bring your calendar. I, I think I want to take a trip this summer. And she just burst out laughing. She said, do you know how busy we are this summer? You're nuts. You know, what are you, what, what are you even talking about? I said, just go get your calendar. She came back with um, her calendar and and she's like, we are doing something every day until September, every weekend, every weekend. She goes, there's only one weekend where there's nothing. And that's this July 13th weekend. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, if, would you take care of the horses and your grandmother? If I went on a little trip, she was like, sure. I can't believe it's that weekend, but sure. So she walks out of the room and the woman had told me that Dolores Cannon's class was $500. And my next thought was, you know, where am I going to get $500? I could have pulled it out of savings. Yeah. But I didn't want to. I didn't have $500 in my checking account. And I was just sitting there kind of musing in my mind. I thought, well, where am I going to get $500? At that exact moment, as soon as I had the thought in my head, my mother walked into the room and she's this little German lady. I'll never forget the whole exchange. Um, she walked into the room and um, she's got something in her hand. She says, Candy, Candy, you never take any money from me. I want you to have some money. Please, please, this time take the money. And I'm looking at her and she's got a check in her hand. <laughs> and I'm looking at that check and I know it's for $500. Yeah. You know? Just know it is. And I look at her and I always said, no, always, always. I said, no, you're my mother. I take care of you and you need taken care of just like you always took care of me this time I went okay I'll take the money she put it in my hand of course it was it was five hundred dollars and I mean the whole day and I was just like there's something so magical about that's what's happening here so at that point um you know I kept I retained the the whole experience of meeting the light beings and followed my other paths with with the doctor advice and the and the volunteering for the uh, bereavement photography, all as the date was coming up to uh, to go to this class. And the morning of going, I was driving, it was about eight or nine hours of drive to Arkansas. And I'll never forget this next part because it sort of started up all over again, the, yeah. that magic thing, right? Yeah. And threw my backpack in the back of the pickup and while the backpack was like flying, to, you know, I just kind of launched it like Lugged. that. Yeah. I mean, the time slowed down and everything, right? And I'm watching that backpack as it gets ready to hit the back seat of, of the pickup. And I thought, Dolores Cannon is going to regress me. I'm going to have a past life regression by Dolores Cannon. That's that's why I'm going. It's going to be me. She always picked a demonstration subject for the class. So, you know, there was a chance that it could have been me. Uh, and the first day, uh, Dolores put a little notebook at 
the top of her desk and she said, well, as you, as you all probably know, she says, you know, I choose the demonstration subject. And if you'd like to be considered, put your name on this list. Well, the whole drive up, I knew it was going to be me. I mean, just as much as I knew all those other things and all those other things came down the pike. Right. I knew it was going to be me, but I was, um, I was also having a huge argument in my head, something like where I felt like I was arguing or um, I was arguing either with myself or with God or with my ego or with something. It, it sounded a little bit like, why do you think she's going to pick you? Why do you think it's going to be you? And then the other voice on the other side was like, because this magical thing is happening and it's been you. It's always been you. It will be you from the beginning. And the other side, so you can imagine this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> I've had those days myself. <laughs> yeah. It's all going back and forth through my head. You know, what makes you so special? You know, there, I'm sure most of the people there want to have a session with Dolores. She had a waiting list years long already. And so I get there and sure enough, you know, everyone but about three people in the class want to have a past life regression with Dolores Cannon. So some of the only reasons some people even went to the class, yeah. they didn't really care about having um, the instruction. They wanted the, the session with Dolores. <clears throat> and uh, so I looked at the, the list up on the side of her table. And I just, I did this thing that made literally my hands sweat. And uh, I felt like I was challenging God himself. I really did. I said, I'm not putting my name on that list. I'm not putting my name on that list. And she's still going to pick me. <laughs> and I watched everyone in the class, but about three people put their name on that list over the next couple of days. And I watched the list get longer and longer. And then it came time. She's like, well, it's, you know, it's time to choose the demonstration subject. And she goes, well, this is highly unusual. She says, but they want me to pick someone who didn't put their name on this list. <laughs> and she stood up from her seat and she walked down the row of tables and she stood next to me and said, Candace, would you agree to be my demonstration subject? And I just burst out crying. Yeah. And I burst out crying. My roommate gave me a death stare. Like you can't even imagine. <laughs> she, she wanted that session with Dolores. I think her name was first on the, on the list. <laughs> and uh everything changed after that mm -hmm. everything um life changed uh timelines changed my story changed everything and I started doing the work but I started asking lots of questions including the fact that I didn't know anything about hypnosis I didn't know anything about past life regression I didn't know anything about anything and at the time, Dolores just, I mean, she literally gave you a script. She showed you what to do. She sent you out the door. There was no support. Uh, I, you know, I said, Dolores, I'm going to have so many questions. She said, oh, just call the office. I said, you're going to China next week. What? You know? And so anyway, I did call the office and I asked lots of questions. And I basically just said, Dolores, you need you need a support system. Even if you don't really do much with it, we need as practitioners to support each other. And after kind of bugging her through the rest of 2008, she finally said, okay, if you, if you run 
if you organize it and you run it, you can create it. So with her blessing, I created a group that exists today <laughs> uh, and it still exists today. It's quantumhealers.com. We uh, expanded though, after her death, uh, we kind of opened up our doors, so to speak. So we support all people who do all of this kind of work, the same kind of work you do, card yeah. readers, intuitives, coaches, people who do Dolores Cannon's method and um, all kinds of other healing methods, <laughs> Reiki, EFT, all that stuff. So our, our group has expanded. And yes, uh, I did find my own way, my own voice. Uh, after Dolores died, it took a little while because I yeah. was so loyal to her. Uh, but I started really trusting my own internal sense of things and uh, changed it up a little bit, um, kind of stepped away from my master's uh, teaching and um, now provide uh, beyond quantum healing classes online and in, in real life. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. I mean, I know loads of people who are listening would, would love some support in that, but what's really, really interesting about your story. It reminds me of uh, a situation that I had where I was really wanting to get this trip to New York for New Year's Eve. And I was like, I just, and, and something in my soul knows that I'm supposed to go to New York or have some big, massive, uh, you know, New Year's Eve or whatever. New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday. And I remember sitting at the top, I was in Singapore at the time and I was sitting at the top of hell and I was like, I'm going to find a way to attract this experience into my life. I was just learning about manifestation and so on. Anyway, the short version of the story is that when I got home, one of my best friends was like an influencer and she put some, something about like, oh, win a free trip through Moet, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's it. That's my trip. It's going to be me. That whole thing like that you had said, uh, if you're a photographer, like that kind of thing, I was like, oh, I can figure it out. What does their branding look like? I'll make sure my picture looks like their branding and then they'll really identify with it or whatever. And I was like, they're going to pick me um, anyway. And so the morning that they were supposed to do the thing or whatever, I told my, my ex-partner, I was like, they're going to pick me this morning. It's going to happen. He was like, why do you think it's going to be you? And <laughs> the same voice, you know, whether it's your internal or external. Uh, and that morning they said, oh yeah, you won the trip or whatever. And I got to speak in Times Square when they drop the ball, like right before they drop the ball to give a toast in front of like a million people. It was wow. one of the most magical days ever. But it, that story reminded me of that, of that, like when that ushering in of like when something's met for you, it just beeline kind of thing. Um, so I want to get into, you have so much knowledge because of your study, um, the practice that you do, who you speak to, all of the healers that you encounter, particularly with Dolores. Um, and I know that my listeners just want a lot of those questions answered. I've listened to enough of your interviews to know what you can and cannot answer and maybe more. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to dig into volunteers, timelines, <laughs> what happens when we die, like all the juicy stuff. Cause for me, I'm also an intuitive. I read cards. Like I've had um, some really crazy experiences uh, with spirit here and there. But like, ultimately I'm still in this space where I'm very much a skeptic and also very open and entertain kind of everything. <laughs> um, it's just like that in between of like, whatever shows itself to me, I want to be open enough, but I also still have that very critical. I know you're very similar in that way. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, like, I don't just take for face value, what everybody says, I have a lot of questions, whatever. So mm -hmm. first we are going through a shift 
right now. Everybody seems to be very aware of this out of all the people that I've spoken to. Everybody notices that as upon 2020, we've gone into this massive shift. And so I would love to know, and this is just kind of more open-ended, but what do you think this shift is and what is the purpose of it? Well, good question. Um, of course I could talk forever about this. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different perspectives. So some first of all, yes, you and I have a lot in common. I'm yeah. still I'm still highly skeptical, <laughs> even though I've seen things that have happened right in front of my face that makes my jaw drop. Yeah. I still ask a lot of questions and try to poke holes in things and look behind curtains. And I'm a very pragmatic person, very pragmatic. I, I step into these worlds, these other realms with uh, chats and interviews and, and clients and in sessions. And then, you know, and then I do the chop wood, carry water thing. I, you know, I live on a farm and I'm very, very practical, very practically minded. Um, I don't live with my head in the clouds at all. Some of my thoughts about, um, about this shift is First of all, I find it absolutely hysterical that with very, very few exceptions, nobody knew what was coming or how it was coming. Nobody, really. Uh, the one person who might have, uh, do you know who Lisa Renee is from Energetic Synthesis? Mm -mm. You've not, if you've not, I, and I don't read her stuff all the time because believe me, sometimes I read it, it's so dang deep. It's so deep that I'm like, I don't even know what I just read right there. <laughs> Uh, she had the handle on some of this stuff, but here's, here's the thing that I know about myself when I had um, entertained some of her writings beforehand. I didn't like what I was hearing. I didn't like hearing about control. I didn't like hearing about subjugation. I didn't like hearing about what she was alluding to and mm -hmm. she said was coming down the pipe. And um, I didn't want to read about that. I think of myself as a very positive, very upbeat, you know, glass half full gal. And I didn't like much of what uh, she wrote, but I'm even getting goosebumps now just thinking about it. she, she knew it was coming. She saw it was coming. I can't say that that means she always will know or that she knows everything that's going to happen now, but uh, some of what was going on there. But in general, the, the community didn't see this. Some of the people who I followed the most didn't see it. And some of the people who I had held in a very high esteem as 2020 was going through, I started looking at them really wondering about the things they were saying and their reactions to some of what, what was going on. And what I'm, what I'm really talking about here is this, um, this sort of split. Uh, I think it's very obvious to most people that there's a very obvious split happening in, in humanity. What was interesting to me, especially being in the community that I'm in, was seeing that it was happening in our own community as well. It yeah. was happening within the spiritual community as well. And that absolutely fascinated me. Uh, I'm still watching that play out. Yeah. I'm still trying to understand what is what is going on because I am not here never here to tell anybody what to think how to believe I'm not here to stand up and say I know what's going on yeah as a matter of fact if if you or anyone uh either says those exact words or words in that way 
I'll probably just laugh, uh, mm -hmm. if, at least internally, because I don't think anyone really, really knows what's going on, yeah. uh, how it's playing out. What I do know is, uh, yeah, we absolutely are in this shift. We absolutely are shifting. What I think, I just finished doing a show with um, some colleagues of mine. I called it The Sacred and the Profane. It was, basically was finding the sacred amidst this world that can be very profane right in front of us. Very, you know, very profane. I, I, I see some things that are very hard to stomach, very hard to accept, to deal with, and feel, feel helpless about. At the same time, um, you know, God blessed me with creating a life here out in the middle of freaking nowhere, uh, <laughs> Kansas land. Uh, I'm very, very happy to be, I literally, I can't see anybody out my, uh, my windows or my driveway. We live in the middle of nowhere. And I'm very happy about that. Uh, when I go outside, step into the woods or lay in a meadow or walk with my horses, none of that shit exists. None of it. None of it. Uh, and what's really interesting is some of it still exists right here in this farmhouse. And I know some of that comes in through things like, well, the internet, uh, information sources, but even things like our electrical system. Yeah. And, and what I'm talking about is literally like power lines and, and connectivities and phone lines and all that stuff. So even though I live in a farmhouse very much like I absolutely want to live, I still have you know, lights <laughs> and heating and air conditioning and things like that. But I find that I have to get away even from this house to get back to myself, which is out there. Mm -hmm. And once I get out there, uh, things become infinitely more clear and infinitely more um, accessible. The... I think the shift isn't just for humans. I think it's for, it's for all the kingdoms. It's for the elementals. Uh, my relationship with trees, with grasses, with animals uh, has always been a good one and a strong one, but it's um, morphing and it's uh, expanding. And I think it's coming back as an example. One of the, uh, one of the things that I'm exploring in depth right now is this idea of trees and trees, even biologists and scientists talk about the network of trees, meaning through their root system, they communicate right. through their crowns, they communicate. But what I have learned by sitting uh, with a particular black walnut tree, actually, and putting my spine up against this tree is, is some of the understanding that um, the trees are expanding themselves too and part of their expan expansion has to do with interacting with people um, and humanity and other realms in expansive ways as well so as an example I am and have with a, a number of my own clients connected to clients within quantum healing sessions with information given to me by my particular tree huh through their particular tree. I will ask, I will even ask them, I'll say, do you have a favorite tree? And I, and I don't ask everybody this or every client this, but when I'm inspired and I really hear and what I try to do also, I'm like, I, you know, I said, I'm in my sixties now. So before sitting down to do a multi-hour session, 
I tend to go for a walk Mm -hmm. and I tend to go out into the woods and I tend to go to this tree. And sometimes I get actual communication from this tree, uh, sometimes directly, but sometimes through the favorite tree of my client that I haven't even talked to yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as what this shift in this ascension is, it's, it's not just humans. Um, it's it's all of it. it. It's the earth itself. Um, I believe it's, it's where we're moving through the cosmos. And I think it's um, it's something that we can only barely with our 3D minds. We're reaching through 4D to 5D. We're reaching for that. We know it's there. We get glimpses of it. When I was standing mm-hmm. in that field with those light beings, yeah, that was 5D. Yeah. I was in 5D right there. I, I get that. It was it was sort of brief. <clears throat> but that's what touching that magic. So so I think that the shift is humans, especially those of us like you, like like your listeners, other ones of us who who know that quote unquote magic is real you know I, I they didn't like the kinds of magicians that pulled rabbits out of the house <laughs> I was a kid and I, it took me to be an adult to understand why and it's because they were making fun of real magic yeah you're making fun of it and I just was like I don't want to watch the fake shit I know that there's real magic so get that you know poser away from me <laughs> I, I wanted nothing to do with that and I'm still that way um I'm still that way Mm-hmm. So I think the shift is us being open, even in the midst of some really hard situations and, and scenarios in front of us to still see and look for those glowing features of 5D because we know it's just around the corner and just there. And I think that's part of what this split is. Mm-hmm. I think many of us who we know we aren't it yet, but we dream it, we feel it, we have these incredible intuitive moments or these healing things or these magical things happen. And every time we experience that, and every time we share it, every time we share that story or some of these experiences, like your beautiful manifestation of the New York trip, when you share that story, and you put that on the airwaves that goes out there. And there are people who are listening who think, well, maybe I can have some of that too. And when they feel that, when they feel that, that just gives me shivers, right? Mm-hmm. And when that moves through your body in a shiver like that, what you're doing, you with your human body, you're like an antenna, you start to put out that frequency that makes it possible. So I think that's what it is, is us um, knowing we aren't all the way there yet, but uh, but knowing that we're moving that way and, and having open hearts. And even, even with the people who, who are in the most pain and, and possibly exhibiting some of the lowest frequencies uh, around, that's when it's the biggest challenge, right? Mm-hmm. That's when it is, but that's also when, um, when we have the biggest opportunity to do two things. First off, to know we have boundaries because we have to protect our own en- energy, right. but also to recognize the divinity even in that 
person in front of us that seems so opposite mm -hmm. to who we are or what what we consider is important. So what is the split then? Because if we're on our way somewhere, like, and there is a splitting happening, I keep hearing about like two worlds and stuff like that. Um, and maybe you can back <clears> up <throat> a little bit and kind of go into why did we volunteer here for this particular time? Some people might not have any background on what that, yeah. what that is. Um, if you can cover that because um, a lot of people and me, myself included, don't really understand what's the point of the, the split if there's going to be two earths, is there just like a bunch of people over here who just suck and they're going to go float away, like, you know, and so the universe is like, all right, we're done with them. Um, what's, what's the point of that? Why did we come here? How did we come here? And what is the end result? Ah, uh, the big, 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 big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big one. Well, uh, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll default to the nobody knows thing. I mean, that's just the default answer. I, I can tell you some <laughs> of my musings, of course. Yes. Um, Dolores would talk a lot about, uh, she really focused on something that happened once in a lecture she was giving. Dolores was one of the most amazing people I ever met in my life. She just, she was, you know what she was? She was almost the embodiment of this split. Mm. Um, I know that there are people who might not uh, really appreciate hearing that, but I, I spent a lot of time with her. Mm. And I wondered so much about her because I would watch her. She would go from this Dolores to this Dolores. And what am I talking about? Um, the Dolores that was up on stage, the Dolores that was either lecturing or being interviewed, teaching, doing a session, uh, explaining um, a concept, relating a story or writing. That was a, that was one Dolores. There was another Dolores. That Dolores was, and and please know I don't uh, I don't mean this to be pejorative. I really really don't. But the this other Dolores was far more um, simple minded, far more focused on uh, just basic stuff, uh, food, <laughs> you know, uh, time, cars, appointments. Uh, you know, this day, that day kind of thing, that, this Dolores. So she went between these two Doloreses like a uh, like switching of a light switch. And there were times when I was, um, particularly towards the end when she was an older person and, and she actually needed somebody to walk with her. She didn't really use a walker or a, or a cane or anything, but she could be unsteady on her feet. And <clears throat> there were times when I had her all to myself. There weren't very many of those times, I guarantee you, because everybody wanted a piece of Dolores. And, and in some of those times, I would try to sometimes talk to her about some of these concepts, but she wasn't plugged in then. Mm. She wasn't plugged in then and she wasn't interested. And sometimes she just, she'd almost look at me like I, like I would have two heads, which I found absolutely astonishing. To to be that Dolores who was who who had the memory like a steel trap, mm -hmm. and who could expound on so many different things, um, she either needed to be in her chair or, like I said, lecturing or, or in a session. I think she almost embodied this split. So, what is the split and why? Well, it's people who are on just a slower track. Let's say. I think I think 
in the bigger picture, the way I've made this make sense in my own life, I think of God at the same time I think of the the, the um, scientists may call the Big Bang. I think of all of, I think the Big Bang and God uh, as the same thing and as the outbreath of God, God's first outbreath, right? The outbreath, the, the word, which is also like the Big Bang, right? Yeah. And I think of it like fireworks. Like if you can imagine the biggest firework you've ever seen, right? It has all these different stages. You know how fireworks, they do one and then they do and the next stage and the next stage. And I think what happened starting at about 2012, but, you know, in a big, big slot here, maybe, maybe the eight, 10 years slot that we're in right now, <clears throat> I think began the in-breath. Hmm. And I think um, in that in-breath, which I think is a, a process, and I think it's a uh, it, it's over a time uh, sequence, I think what we're doing is we're coming back into ourselves like this. And I think God has done this infinite times. There's a lot of different ways you can even think about that, even to the point of, you know, if, if you've talked to anybody who's delved into alternative archaeology and stuff there's people who said that this earth has been far more advanced a number of different times right uh and people who found like <clears throat> like electronics or, or or watches or things in in tombs that have been sealed up for yeah for for thousands of years there's a lot of unexplained things going on so anyway i think some of what this this latest in breath is whether it's earth or a part of our cosmos or quite frankly, even, even the physical universe, um, I think what we're doing is we're coming back in with the connection, right? We're coming back in with the connected points of us, which means we understand more, we see more, we connect with the trees, we connect with the people and everything. But I think that, um, but not all have chosen the same pathway to the in-breath. I, I, I think there literally are, you know, in the Bible, are you, are you um, familiar with lots of Bible verses where you, I raised was raised Christian. Were you? I was not, I really was not. I, I, I would go sometimes with friends or whatever, but, but my parents uh, really I've read uh, the whole Bible twice. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we could talk about some Mandela effect things with uh, <laughs> yeah. the Bible then. But the phrase in the Bible of in my master's house, there's many mansions. Mm. I, I really, truly, in my mind, I think of those things as timelines or reality shifts, right? Reality um, streams. And I think that um, those of us who have our eyes wide open to the possibilities understand that we can navigate some of those streams i think that's how we do things like make new york trips happen mm. like like a step into the uh, the kind of day that i had after my experience or the kind of day that i had um after having my session with dolores uh but i think that there are other parts of souls who've just decided to uh take the longer slower road and they may need that for soul growth. Mm -hmm. uh, they may, it may absolutely be part of how and why they've chosen uh, 
to uh, participate in, in in this world. Now, Dolores also had the concept of uh, the background people. I don't know, or the backdrop. Listen, I want to talk about that because, and you know, what's really weird is that I didn't, I didn't see an interview where you talked about that, uh-huh. but I have said that and I have no, I have no one else who's, who's <clears throat> kind of agreed with me. There have been several times I can remember it's most, it is most present when I travel most present when I travel, when I go somewhere else outside of my normal like loop, I notice it. It's like Truman show. And I go into there's, I've, I'm going to tell you two stories. One, I was in Paris and I love Paris. I go to Paris a lot for work. And when I was there, we were, um, just walking down the street or something like that. And there was a pair of twins. It was fashion week. And there's a pair of twins who were wearing their opposite color shoe. So they both had on different color shoes, but each other's shoes basically. And I remember noticing that and being like, oh, that's cute. Like twins or whatever. That's fun. Uh, and then maybe like the next day or two days later, I was uh, driving in an Uber or whatever. And I was looking down at my phone. And at the exact moment that I looked up, I saw those twins again. Now, this is another day later in the middle of a huge city in a whole different part of town. And here they are walking almost the same outfit. And I was like, that's super weird. Um, and pointed that out. There was another time where I was in uh, when New York when I was living there and we had gone up way up north to the Gloucester, Gloucestershire's, or I don't remember how you say that, whatever, this old church. And we went up there and I saw this guy who looked like an older version of my, my adopted brother. And I was like, oh my God, didn't this look just like David? It looked like what he looked like when he was older. And my uh, best friend was with me. And then we went uh, like maybe three days later, we were on the subway in a completely different part of town. He's in the same car. And I'm like, what chances? Thankfully I had someone there to like witness. Like I've had this happen so many times. Mm -hmm. Then to one point, then there was a time where I was, um, I'd had some kind of another, you know, how like awakening is a continual process. Like you said, the fireworks, right. It just builds on into each other. And there was at some moment where I'd had this moment where I was like, I, I think that there's some kind of other force that's trying to prevent something from happening. I didn't really want to believe that I was raised Christian. The devil is always on your back, whatever. And I was like, Ugh, everything just happens. Like, I don't want to have this like bad guy theory. And I just started to have this recognizing like, Oh, there is something. There is some force there. There, oh, I don't like how that feels. And I went outside. I went to Home Goods or something, Target or whatever. And there were three different people who who would stop and stare at me in the weirdest, soulless way. Like I can't describe it except that I was three different people. They all looked very similar. Yeah. And um, they're all. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, but they they all stopped and like what they were doing to stare at me as I was moving past, and I was like kind of weird enough to like my intuition was like that's them they recognize that you know and now they want to let you know that they know and I was like that's fucking creepy so tell me about that yeah it uh for me all it always it's been a while since I've flown anywhere but you know if I'm in an airport and I'm walking the concourse that whole that whole experience is so freaking surreal to me Mm. It's just so surreal because I feel the exact same way. I think a lot of the people who um, who are encapsulated in these forms are the the backdrop people. So what um, people are in, encapsulated in the form? What do you mean? Yeah, well, they're sort of you know, there's I guess there's it's kind they're almost it's almost like a robotic thing. It's that uh-huh. 
there's um there's a lot of different ways a lot of uh, theories about what this all is um you know one of the theories is and this one plays kind of it plays out pretty well in my own head is this idea of the of of original source inspired creative inspired uh beings um you know i recognize you you recognize me um it, it it's original it's like direct uh, direct source whether it's it doesn't matter how many steps down it is but some of this idea of the of, of the backdrop people um are uh creations of creations sort of like it's sort of like if you it, you know you can take a a, a uh, an original of anything and put it on a copy machine and get a pretty good copy. But yeah. if you copy it and copy it, copy it and copy that copy and copy that copy and copy that copy and copy that copy again, that to me sort of explains the the backdrop people. So, so whereas some point along the you know maybe a, a far back original linear way, uh, they they may have been uh, part and parcel. Uh, they've gotten so far um, uh, manipulated. Away from source. Yeah, um, and manipulated. And I think some of that, and and there's, I've had numerous quantum healing sessions that say some of that is what, um, you know, what we're going through right now is a lot of sifting out of stuff too. Um, I mean, imagine this because, you know, we've, I would say, you know, even people who are awake, uh, as 2020 began unfolding, we became even more awake. Right. We learned a shit ton more in the last two years. Even if you thought you kind of saw behind the curtain and what was going on, you you've seen a whole lot more now. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that's huge with what's going on here. And I think that means so that people, p people who can understand that concept can you imagine living in a world, it, it's not, we're not there yet, but can you imagine living in a world where nobody can tell you a falsehood, where nobody can do anything except for to tell you the complete truth or present complete genuine? Can you imagine how different of a world we we live in? We mm -hmm. do not live in that world now. No, We do not live there now. And as ugly and as crappy and as much shit as out there right now, I love your podcast name. <laughs> Thanks. I can't even tell you. We are so much closer to that now. Hmm. I mean, can you imagine? I don't know when it's going to be, and I don't. I wouldn't even dream of 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 predicting such a thing. But can you imagine our, you know, maybe our children or our children's children living in a world where um, they can't, they can't be fooled mm -hmm. because what's happening right now is too many people are fooled. Yeah. Uh, there's deep fakes, there's clones, there's robots, there's, uh, you know, video editing, there's, there's holographic images projected places, you know, there's that, and that's been going on for quite a while. And, you know, there's a lot of us who, uh, weren't anywhere near ready to believe that things like 9-11 were not exactly what we thought. We weren't ready for that at the time. Yeah. I actually was living in Pennsylvania, not far from one of those plane crashes. I I would have told you I was 
pretty awake to a lot of things back then. I wasn't ready to, for any of that. Yeah. Right. So I think that's some of what's going on too. I think it's it's pretty soon we're we're shifting the the human is shifting to to an expression where we are lighter, not only physically in our in ourselves and in our physical form. And I have so many sessions that are about that. Yeah. So many sessions where they they either go to another planet or another timeline where it's not quite uh, a see-through sort of light light body like that, but they're they're translucent. They're much lighter. Um, where you know you can literally kind of read energetic information without using imagination. Um, and that's where we're headed. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's where we're headed. And some people are kind of already there, but other things will cloud things, you know, um, too much access to uh, chemicals or drugs or, uh, or even things like, um, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, I haven't watched TV or news or anything for, for eons. Uh, I, I doesn't mean I don't, know what's going on because stuff still comes through and I still hear I still hear pertinent things but but many years ago I found uh I wouldn't watch couldn't watch anything that was like uh too violent or too uh, it just it it would hurt me you know somebody or like some people call it physical humor where somebody's running across the street and they trip over their feet and they're yeah fail army kind of thing that lands their face lands on the highway and then a whole bunch of people laugh and all i know all i know is my face hurts when Mm -hmm. i see that yeah my face hurts and i want to cry and i don't understand the laughing yeah don't get that and i think that's that's a kind of a crude way of describing it but i think that's what we're moving away from. We're moving away from that. We're moving towards this other way of being where that is that sort of um, kind of thinking and positioning is sort of uh, uh, unthinkable. Um, but but I do I, I'm with you at the Truman Show. I could watch that. that I could watch that movie mm-hmm. time and again because we're all Truman, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all Truman and we're all seeing sort of we're we're moving from the fake world that was given to us to sort of seeing behind the curtain it's just another level and and layer of it though um how does that fit in with like if so i always have this question this is probably my my one of my largest spiritual questions is here we are human incarnate right and we're in this process of taking part in this massive shift in order to get earth to also transition, right? Earth, Gaia, trees, elementals, the whole bit. They're also trying to transition into a particular type of frequency. If that be the case, that being the case, you know, my, my question is always like, are we, am I local to earth? Like, have I been human? Am I locals, you know, or have I, am I some person who volunteered to come here? And if that's the case, are we, you know, cause obviously those, everybody who's incarnated as a human is, is, pretty local. Like you don't remember a lot of shit. And so it's like all of that process of remembering, but what about those who are local here? Like, do we call them background people? <laughs> are they, you know what I mean? Like what's, what's the differentiation? Because I'm just as invested in this transition as anybody who would be local or living here from human, or is there no one who's from here? And, and, you know, I've heard earth is kind of this cosmic jail 
of like just loads and loads of souls that have come here and it's the hardest place to incarnate. Sorry, there's a thousand questions in that one thing I said. That's okay. Uh, you know, you sound like half my clients. <laughs> a lot, a lot of them have the these questions, and uh, you know, I'm blessed to have sat at Dolores's feet all those years, um, six and a half or so to be um, precise. And then all of her sessions, her memories of sessions, all of her books, then then now my thousands of my own sessions and my own thousands of my own students now. And there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. Um, maybe one way of looking at it, well, there's I have, I have two thoughts in mind. So, so one I'll tell you about uh, my own perspective and my husband's perspective, because it's, it's so different. Uh, but, but the one thing that I want to start with is, is this more kind of far out idea because, um, this idea of, you know, there are people who don't like, uh, this idea, this concept, but I, I really believe that I connect with and communicate with Dolores Cannon where she is right now. I also believe that she is the easiest person, the easiest being to connect with, uh, beyond all. I think she's very still connected to the planet earth. I think people who engage even with her videos and feel a kinship, kindred spirit connection with her. I, I believe if you listener out there love Dolores, love listening to her videos, if you start pretending to have a conversation with her in your head, I, I think don't be surprised one day when when you really start hearing uh, sensing, feeling her respond back to you. I really believe that it's happening. I, I believe it in for a lot of different reasons, because a lot of my own clients come to me and they'll, they'll start by saying, now, don't think I'm crazy. Don't think I'm crazy. I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> and I always have to laugh. And then they'll say something and it'll be the most obscure, amazing Dolores connection. And I'll go, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know what she's talking about. And I know why you guys have said it. So she's, she's been communicating to me, not just directly, but through these other, these other people. And, and so one of the things that Dolores, um, it is very, very interested in, in talking about, it, it, number one is this, that in the expression where she is right now, she's still very concerned and um, paying attention to Earth. She hasn't left our spheres, shall we say. <clears throat> but she is, of course, aware and more uh, has more access to some of these other realms, uh, not having the, the human form. Here's the really one of the most interesting things she's she's ever said to me. She said, "Do you know that there's way more non-physical expressions of source, way more than physical?" Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there's so many more non-physical expressions that when she herself, as as the spirit, communicates with some other types of these expressions that we may not even be able to comprehend from our perspective right now. Some of their conversation goes a little bit like, yeah, I've been human. I've been on this physical place and, and some of these things happen. And some of these other people are, uh, these other spiritual expressions are like, get out. I, I you know, I, I've heard rumors that uh, spirit can express itself through physicality, but I, I didn't know if I believed in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine that there are like that there are these vast realms of, of beings who basically, you know, wonder if we really are real <laughs> and meaning, p meaning real pieces of uh, original spirit, original source expressing itself through, through the physical form. It's one of, yes, the hardest things 
that there is to do is is to do that. But it also is um, it's a fast track for anything. Hmm. So if you uh, want to work on some sort of issue uh, or you want to expand in some sort of way, doing it like this, it, it, you, you cover the most ground uh, in the shortest amount of time. So uh, where are people from? Pe there are people who come here from a variety of different places. And yes, it was Dolores who kind of discovered this whole volunteers thing. Um, what I've learned about my own self is I'm like a, um, an incarnation junkie. I love coming to the planet. I love coming to the planet. My, my higher self has shown me, it, I even have the sweetest, um, portion of it that, that I, that I've been told the, the reason I come back is for this very, very physical sensation that I love above almost in anything. And it is this, the feel of a soft, warm breeze against the skin of my face. That small feeling right there is, is nothing that can be experienced on the non-physical realm. It is such a sweet, um, it, it, luxurious sensation uh, that, that it cannot be. Um, experienced in in any other way. I have a friend. I, I I have some small mediumship capabilities beyond Dolores. I have a friend who uh, was a paraplegic for most of his life, and um, one day after a year or so after he had passed, he came to me in a dream, and um, he was still in bed in this dream, and I was visiting him and. And, and I looked at him and he said, Candace, why am I still in bed? I thought when I died, I would be free of, of, of this uh, body that, that was paralyzed from the waist down. And I know that I have left my body and look, look at me. Why am I still here like this? It was really fascinating. We had this long conversation. Um, this is anyway. while you're, you're medium. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mediumship. Anyway, he comes back in another dream and he says he, he had it figured out and he handed me something uh, at the time when he said he had it figured out because he actually came to me in the next dream and he was dancing like a, 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 a beautiful ballet dancer. And he said, look, you know, I've got it figured out. And he said, and I want to share something with you because he was understanding about this physical sensation thing that and he actually brought with him. He brought the frequency of paraplegia with his spirit as he left his physical body and he kept it in his next expression and he and and so i'm having this conversation with him he's like why but he was so physically focused uh he you know he found it easier to connect with me right mm -hmm. still on the planet through the dream state then moving on to a more expansive state but when he finally got some of that and, and look it's not like I did anything I just talked to him believe me I'm not saying I rescued this person at all I'm very grateful for having this incredible experience with him but when he came back to let me know that he'd moved on and figured it out he brought me a pie <clears throat> now what's interesting is my mother used to make pies for this man she made him a lot of uh, peach pies. She made him a lot of cherry pies. She made him a lot of chocolate cakes. He had a real sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. But in this dream, he gave me this small pie 
And in the pie was peaches and cherries in a pie together. And he gave me this pie. And he said, nobody makes a peach cherry pie. People either make peach pies or cherry yeah. pie. Nobody does this. And he's giving me this pie and he's like, please make this, please make a peach cherry pie. <laughs> and and that, why am I telling you this? Because what he was expressing to me was the the pleasure sensation, the, the, the realm of experience that I as a human embodied in the physical can have by tasting a peach cherry pie, even though he in his energetic, let's call it lucid or dream state, he had one in his hand and he's showing it to me and he's even pretending to eat it. It's not the same. Yeah. It's only an approximation to what a real peach and a real cherry tastes like because, oh gosh, I feel like he's here right now because what he's really even showing me too, because what you're eating when you eat a peach and a cherry, you're eating the sun. Mm. You're eating the sun that beat down all on those sweet warm days that had that breeze moving through those leaves that all went into this pie that goes into your mouth and that expansion and that that sort of um, multiplication thing that happens for us here so coming for us uh so now i'm going to move to talking about this this idea of who comes here and why so i'm this junkie i love all of it so much. yeah because i was going to say is it like then is it actually volunteering is it more because it's like we want to have sex <laughs> or we want to you know get a yeah. hug or you know feel those things yeah 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 some people are addicted which um and and you know a little bit like my friend who is paraplegic retain the frequency of paraplegia into the spirit realm some of the people who die with addictions retain some of their addictive state and when you hear about um hauntings or uh places where uh energy energy resides yes because that addictive frequency still wants a connection to play out and it's like a kind of like a voyeur thing, you know, they get as, as close to it as possible. It doesn't mean that they can't um, still evolve because they can. Right. At, at, at every point they can. Although, and I haven't seen this um, myself as much as some of my colleagues have. There is a sense that there's some of these backdrop people or these other uh, types or these 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 strongly negatively attached types that that really are descending into a place where they're going to go into um let's say uh, releasing any sense of self and going back to some primordial um energetic state to be able to like to be becoming re- like a rock or something or- well even even more uh base than that because believe it or not lots of people are rocks <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of people are rocks. I didn't finish what I, I, I need to come back to, to that uh, part about my husband, but a lot of people end up being rocks because they're so tired in this life and they have sessions where uh, they experience a little while being a rock because why? Because life uh, basically moves past you as a rock and there's not much required of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can observe and you rest. And then some people can take that for your people, some spirit expressions <laughs> need that sort of resting spot for a long time where, where things just happen, you know, 
out here, you know, and, and there's not much movement. Uh, it's, it's astonishing how many people are rocks. Uh, but then they get, you know, then it's like, well, okay, this is old, ready, ready to move on. But there's also other people who have aspects of, you know, you may have a part of yourself that's a rock right now, mm -hmm. uh, either on this planet or another one. Um, okay, two things. I, I have an aspect of myself that is in the planetary system of Orion. I'll talk about that, but I want to finish my point about my yeah. husband, my husband, um, we on another realm, um, uh, and I don't like really the, the idea of twin, twin souls. Twin Same. Twins. We have so I, much in common. Oh you. I, I hope we get to talk even more later. Yeah. Cause yeah. I really have a great affinity towards you. I understand the concept. I understand, but I, you know, I think people latch onto it. I also think it's misappropriated. I, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not really sure. For me, I take us back to the fireworks thing. I feel like one of the stages of coming back in to a, you know, smaller, there's still a small piece of a firework, but where maybe I'm collected with more energetic uh, parts of a, a larger self. I'm in there with my husband, right? Uh, and what we've learned though, is that he hasn't been physical very much. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's come into uh, a physical life a few different times, not near as much as me, uh, but, uh, and and he decided to uh, once again, have an expression uh, with me this time because, and he still does it even now, kind of vicariously much of what I do, even in this work, he benefits from without having to do it directly. <laughs> so it's some, some form it's playing out like that. Um, it actually was 2012 when I had a session. It was during one of Dolores Cannon's um, events and transformation um, conferences. It was in 2012. And I was, we were swapping sessions with other practitioners. We do this a lot. A lot of us uh, mm -hmm. love swapping sessions with each other. And in a session, I was experiencing this other life as this real big burly guy. And he was, um, he was, not primitively dressed, but certainly not um, futuristically dressed. It was sort of a more basic <clears throat> physical existence where he he was living the life of a man with a kind of a clan or tribe of other men. And, and there was a lot of physicality going on with a lot of different uh, confrontations with other groups. And in this, uh, in this, quantum healing session that I was having I was you know I was experiencing this guy and I watched him leave his men it was all men uh you know sleeping around the campfire and he he took himself off and he sat on a rock this this rock near this canyon and he's looking down in this canyon and he's looking up at the sky and at the cosmos and he's looking up at the cosmos thinking things like you and I might think mm -hmm. um uh, looking up there but he's he's on a in, on a physical planet in the um planetary system of orion the the middle the middle star of the orion's belt and <clears throat> ever since i was a kid i have always stared at that constellation particularly the the middle star anyway uh he's looking up at the sky wondering about life wondering about the origin of things, wondering about what is life's worth and what he's doing and, and, uh, you know, what's the meaning of it all kind of thing. And as he's pondering out there, basically meditating is when he makes a connection with me. And in his mind, he's 
in his mind, he's daydreaming. And what I'm doing is I'm on a sofa in a hotel room in Arkansas having a session. Mm -hmm. And what we end up doing is having a conversation. Mm. So I am talking to him. And what we learn and discover by talking with each other is that we are from part of the same soul stream living in two different times in two different places right now. But we were allowed to have this meeting and and um, interact with each other, but also to understand because the energetics of what he is doing is supporting me, the energetics, what I'm doing is supporting him and what he was hoping and in, in large measure in his life trying to do was bring some more caring and nurturing and more feminine aspects and qualities to his, let's call it warring lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially, uh, upon Dolores's passing and a whole lot of things that happened um, the, the year or so after that, uh, I got to get his badass self <laughs> that, uh, that knew how to hold a shield and stand up for himself and protect mm -hmm. uh, his creation, his family, and not roll over and, and show a, a belly and, and take it from anybody. Yeah. And, and what, what what I've learned even in further exploration from all of that is our our mental institutions are filled with people who've had some of these experiences that they haven't closed the door upon to come back to this life, right? Mm -hmm. So he he daydreamed about me. I had a session about him. We made a connection and we can mentally energetically keep that going this way to benefit our lives as we express them like this but some other people who open up some of these doors sometimes it happens with drugs sometimes it happens with trauma sometimes it happens in, in in numerous ways they can't close the door on that we call a lot of those people schizophrenic mm. they they're just multi-dimensional multi-dimensional without a, an off switch Mm -hmm. so so we go around some of us in the spiritual community oh i want to be multi-dimensional you know you know we'll be too multi-dimensional too fast too hard and you you go be schizophrenic yeah you you go get yourself put in a jacket i think um alia is this is why this shift is so long i think that's why this has to go slowly I, I don't think it's anything like this. Uh, and people still talk about it, the flash. Right. You know? Yeah. So people talk about it, and then the ships are going to come save me. Yeah. Nah. I, don't, I, I don't see any of that happening. I a hundred percent agree. I, I sit with a lot is the, you know, this transition, if we were, if we're cosmic beings, like we talk about reincarnation, talk about kind of like coming back over and over. You say you're a reincarnation, reincarnation junkie. <laughs> We come back and forth, but you know, yet again, like if we volunteered to come here, is this our first go round or are we re we, um, imagining some of our past lives in other places that have similar tracks of, uh, involvement, you know, as earth does, or, you know, are we just remembering different timelines? Are we actually, is it all just happening at the same time? 
Yeah, it is all just happening at the same time. Um, but at the same time, it's leveling up and expanding. Again, I don't, I'm not sure we have the capacity as humans to completely understand this. Yeah. I really don't. I, Trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in some ways you you almost can't intellectualize your way out of this. Yeah. Uh, you almost can't. Uh, there's so many different ways of, of looking at that, but um have you heard of, I got real excited about this concept the other day. Have you heard of the Lazarus animals? No. You know I know what Lazarus, Lazarus is. Right. <laughs> Imagine animals that come back from the dead. Right. <laughs> so, so what's happening right now, uh, uh, if you, if you don't know of her, there's a woman named Cynthia Sue Larson and she and my good friend, uh, Shane Robinson, who's also a BQH practitioner, he has a he has a YouTube channel called Unbiased and on the Fence. But Shane and Cynthia Sue and a couple other people are all uh, very involved in a group called the International Mandela Effect. I don't know, maybe it's conference. And anyway, a, a big group that that talks a lot about the Mandela Effect. Uh, but Cynthia Sue comes at it from a scientific background. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. I don't want to misspeak about exactly what her training is, but absolutely she's trained in the sciences, but she's so intuitive and there's so much going on with her. And she has the, the manifestations that happen around this woman's life. But she was talking about in the uh, a podcast I was listening uh, to a couple of weeks ago that these Lazarus animals are these animals that are once thought to be extinct. Um, they suddenly... Oh they suddenly are finding them and there's one that's called and uh, there's one that's called the short-faced bear another one is called the elephant shrew and what's really interesting is if if you're aware of the mandela effect it's kind of the same thing meaning uh they're deciding now some of these people they're deciding now to like well pay attention to the dodo bird because like yeah like, like nobody said they've seen a dodo bird, but some people are like, they're talking about, and you can actually go look up, go look up something called the short-faced bear. La this is so new. Or even the elephant shrew. This is so new. And it's, it's, it's like a Mandela effect. And people are like, oh no, it, it's always sort of been around. And other people are like, oh no, it just sort of come, comes back. But, but I think what that is, once again, is this timeline uh, or contraction, this is the in-breath, right? This mm -hmm. is this timeline connecting with this timeline. Oh, suddenly- Is it merging of timelines or splitting? It's, I think it's an overlap. And I okay. think when they overlap, it's kind of like being an artist. I kind of think of it as tracing paper. Yeah. I think of a piece of tracing paper, or another piece of tracing paper, depending which one's on top, or maybe they meld, or maybe there's a darker mark on top. I think some something sort of, you know, it settles into one way of, of being as, and I think we're going to find more and more of that. Uh, you know, some people will say like, oh, it's CERN, you know, CERN, CERN yeah. is doing this thing and, yeah. and that's part of what it all is. But I don't, I don't know that, you know, there were Mandela effect, um, stuff um, going on before starting ever came yes, along. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Who knows exactly what's going on? I do. I mean, we have Mandela effect happening in my house. Of course. Like, you know, like, I'm like, David, didn't you say you were going to do X, Y, Z? He's like, we've never had that conversation. I'm like, I know we had this conversation. He's like, that was a whole different day. I was like, this was yesterday. And we're going Does back and forth. Does he ish, ish yeah like um so my partner is 
very cerebral, very into, but he's more, he comes, he approaches spirituality in a very intellectual perspective. So we could sit down for like four Mm -hmm. hours and talk about the differences between the Sufis and this and that or whatever. And he knows every little piece of information about how someone was raised and what this religion was and how it evolved and whatever, but Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily like believe it all. He entertains it all, but it's just called kind of there is knowledge for him. For me, uh, I would say I'm similar, but also different in the fact that like, you know, like I'm practicing with runes and I have a book of mirrors and like, I sit down and do my rituals because I believe that there are actions that I can take that actually change things magic wise or whatever. In fact, something that you said sparked, um, I was, I've, I've bought this massive leather journal and it's, it's huge. It looks like one of those old, like grimoire kind of witchy books in a past life regression. I had a flash about a book that was like a family heirloom, like a book. And I remember seeing the wind just blow these pages open and kind of show me something on the page. And so, um, and then I was watching Lovecraft country, something or whatever. And there was also this black family who was talking about this hidden book or whatever. Some, for some reason that hit me really strong. I need to have this book that is for me to pass down to my daughter or grandkids or whatever. And so I told the book, like, tell me what you want to be written in here. I kind of started it off as a journal or whatever. And at some point in that shift or while I was writing, I was like, you know, doing my gratitude, whatever, like, thank you so much for bringing so-and-so into my life. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Please protect them. And then there was this switch of like, oh, wait a minute. I can put protection on them. Like, I don't have to ask some entity for protection, I can put protection on them. Hmm. That's interesting. And started all of the language after then was more of like, uh, a, a kind of affirmation or an action of sorts that I was putting into play. And I was, I, I could hear in my head, like, this is how you will show your future generations how to use their magic. And I had chills. I was like, Oh my God, this is it. I've been yeah. trying to tap into my magic. I've been trying to figure out what's this thing, trying to access these past lives. Why am I here? What am I doing? What am I doing with the show? All these questions to get to this point of like me writing in a, just a simple, like writing in this book and being able to go, oh, there's my power. There's my ma- I'm I, it comes from me, you know, like this, another awakening, right? And having this, this, this sense of final purpose, not final, but like finally arriving at this purpose of like, oh, this is what I'm giving to my family. This is what I'm giving to anybody who hears it. The thing that you spoke about with manifestation and the frequency of what you're supposed to put on the airwaves is to help people discover their power and understand that they're not just this background person walking around or whatever, that they actually have a way in which they're transforming a frequency. And even down to your, you know, the Mandela effect kind of thing, like me looking at the world and going, kind of observing it almost in like, okay, there can be an alternate timeline here. I can put something in play, a ripple effect that can change the course of action through my intention or whatever. Um, it was very inspiring to, I just was like two days ago to have this moment of going, ah, okay. I think I get it. (laughs) You know, anyway, you, you, something you said, like hit that for me. I love that. I love that. My husband and I have, we, we used to argue a little bit about, you know, you gave me the keys. No, I didn't give you yeah. the keys. She gave me the keys. And now we just go, meh, different timeline. <laughs> we both just go, and, and we don't worry about it anymore. We just yeah. don't even worry about it. It's a much nicer way to live. I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm remembering something that you're saying. Two, two things. When you're talking about a book, I'm 
I want to I want to ask you about a theory of uh, about Jesus here in a second. But but the other one was I was going to mention um, writing is is how I feel I communicate the most directly with Dolores. Dream states for sure. Uh, and dreams will prompt things. And, and sometimes I'll come out of a dream where I'll be dreaming of Dolores and whatever, but then I'll sit down to write about it and then it'll expand from there. Yeah. It'll really, really expand from there. And and that's when it comes out the most. And, and I'm actually in the middle of it. There's been quite a pause. Some of it has to do with my dad's health, but um, I was in the middle of a series of dreams with Dolores where I met her at this hotel. She was teaching a class. I was in the class. And she was teaching us um, uh, more uh, how to do more techniques about uh, consciousness exploration. And what she ends up doing, and I'm knowing I'm in a dream, it's a lucid dream and all of that. And what she's uh, what what happens in this dream is she invites my uh, maternal grandfather into uh, the scene, actually has him lay on a cot, and she is there as my instructor and she wants me to regress my grandfather while I'm in a lucid dream state to provide and understand about some healing between my maternal grandfather and my maternal grandmother. My mother passed in 2016, she was, uh, she was 89. But her own mother and her own father died very, very young. Um, she was uh, a she was a product of of the war, World War II. She was Czech born, raised in Germany. Her mother was Russian, uh, Czech. Her father was uh, German, and they were all caught up in all of that. Um, uh, her mother died when my mother was only four, mm. and her father died when she was only twelve. Wow. And so, of course, I had, you know, I, I never met either one of them, of course. But Dolores was bringing us together in a dream state. And I'm actually, I was in the middle of what understanding about how my maternal grandfather was trying to assist, get this, assist my maternal grandmother who had come down with tuberculosis. Now, this was in the days where, people in tuberculosis were sent away, you know, right, sent, yeah. sent into sanatoriums and there weren't um, antibiotics and everything. But Dolores, uh, she's like, your, your grandfather was trying to help her. And so I'm trying to, in this, I'm doing a regression of my grandfather in yeah. the state and, and he is learning and he's understanding and relating information to me. And through this dream regression of a long dead grandfather, I get a clue of something and I'm trying to remember it. And Dolores is like, don't worry, I'll help you find it. I wake up, I get on the internet and I look not, not more than 20 miles from my mother's um, birth town in Budweis, Czechoslovakia was a, a physician who had come up with a tuberculosis treatment that my grandfather was trying to get this new, uh, which wasn't even a real new treatment, but it was um, it was a treatment that wasn't, are you ready for this, right? It wasn't approved, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't approved. And the person who was trying to help the people breathe and, and who had this problem, 
uh, he got shut down by the government. Basically, you know, the medicine that worked was taken away. Mm-hmm. Right? Is this starting to sound familiar? Mm-hmm. With some things. So some of all of this is going on while all of this is going on. And what I'm understanding is some of what I am having to play out in my life has roots. Yeah. All the way back then. And and not only am I, though, like helping uh, neutralize or shift or understand or expand all of what's going on there, not only for my own family, uh, for humanity, but also back in the time, like yeah. those backwards. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather, my grandmother, their energetic expression also benefits from this exploration. Wow. Generations ahead. Which is crazy because then it, I mean, I, I understand that. I know that. And I know that even like in my own experience, me healing my trauma, how like the intention, my mother starts to heal. Like I've seen it happen in real time where I started to heal something. And then she came to me and said, you know, did you not feel like you were seen as a child? Like, I want to apologize for that. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Like something that I thought we could never really talk about that this came up. And I was like, this is as a result of me healing something, something heals inside of her. And to see how that kind of has a ripple effect backwards, even um, we, we have got to keep talking, but we got to wrap up this part of the show. Um, if you want to hear the rest of this episode, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah to hear me and Candace go even deeper than we've gone so far. So before we go from this interview, can you pl- please tell people where they can find you? Sure. You can find me at quantumhealers.com and quantumhealers.com is a community of healers, maybe even for people like who are listening. Uh, we're there. We, we share across the board. We, we are on a guru free zone, uh, not just one teacher, not just one way of thinking. And um, we only have a couple of rules. Uh, be kind uh, and respect other people's version of reality. And uh, man, that just seems to work so nicely in our community. <laughs> Uh, I wish it would be that way in the world. Same, same. Um, so, so far, just remember to go to patreon.com slash lovely Leah to hear the rest of this episode. Uh, please send this episode to someone you love and we will see you in the next one. hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.